Do you feel the tug or pull in your heart calling you to more? Do you feel like it is too late or that you're too broken to pursue the dream in your heart? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Latasha and welcome to the Overcome to Become podcast. Pull up a seat and join me each week for real talk, life-changing truths, and actionable takeaways. We are diving into any and everything that has been holding you back from becoming who you were meant to be in every area of your life. Hey friends, I read a staggering statistic the other day that made me reflect. Did you know that 90% of the people who lose weight gain it all back within three years? This lit a fire within me when I read this to share what we are going to talk about today. And that's how I've been able to sustain my weight loss and embrace the wellness journey I've been on for almost 16 years. Because you know, it is possible to live a life where you don't have to always gear up to lose weight every January. A life where you can finally accept the God-given body you have been blessed to be housed in. A life where you can live well, healthy, and whole. And before we hop into some very practical tips today, I want to make sure we shift our perspective. See, I had to start looking at wellness as a three-legged stool. And this right here has really been the key, the mind shift, right? Because like I've explained before, it all started in my mind. It really wasn't about what I put on my plate at first or the different types of programs that I went into, you know, all those details that we seek after, which are fine and good and necessary. But for me, the journey started and it continues in my mind. And so I had to start looking at wellness as not just about losing weight, not just about getting the pounds off or reaching that number on the scale, but really looking at it from a three-legged stool approach. And those three legs being mind, body, and spirit. And when one of those are off or they're broken or they're not functioning properly, the other two are directly impacted by it. The stool is basically not functional, or you could even look at it, friends, as a, uh, a three-wheel tricycle, right? Imagine a tricycle only having two wheels. It's going to be impossible to move forward on that tricycle. So we have been approaching wellness or being fit with the wrong perspective. We see it as a one-time seasonal thing where we just have to do just this one thing. You know, I just got to lose weight. Um, I just got to, you know, start doing this type of routine. And then we never have to think about it again. All of our problems will be solved, right? Forever and ever. Amen. See, this mindset keeps us in this futile, frustrating cycle. We buy into these quick fixes and promises that we know, friends, deep in our heart, they will not work, or if they do work momentarily, they're going to be temporary, and they're not going to be sustainable. I remember I mentioned to you all back in episode three of this season about the cabbage soup diet, right? One of those crazes that were out there and and maybe you found yourself in the past or even now in some type of quick fix scenario, a pill, um, a a shake, which I love protein shakes, so I'm not talking about those, um, but just some type of temporary fix where you don't have to mindlessly, you can just mindlessly do something and all of your problems will be fixed. I had to stop trying to fix something and we have to try to stop fixing something that took years to build up in just 60 days, 
You know those promotions where they say, hey, lose all the weight in 60 days. But then my question is, well, then what do I do after that? Right? What do I do? Is it possible to lose all the weight on a cabbage soup diet? Yes. Is it possible to lose all the weight um, taking pills or doing other things that are temporary fixes? Absolutely. It is able to, we are able to reach our goals doing those things. But the question today, my friends, is are those things sustainable? And for me, I had to accept the fact that I had issues going on with all three legs of that wellness stool. That the temporary fixes that I couldn't just focus on the one leg body losing the weight and not deal with the other two. My stool was wobbly, lopsided, and definitely not safe for anyone to sit on. So first, dealing with my spirit and relationship with God. I had to start there first. See, in the past, I would always start with losing the weight, finding a program, changing my eating, trying to change my eating habits, and it ended up not being successful. So I had to try something different this this time. And dealing with my spirit and relationship with God, realizing that he is indeed concerned about not just the spiritual part of me. See, he created me. He created us. And just like when we look at a chair that's been manufactured by some producer or manufacturer in a furniture company, that manufacturer knows exactly how that chair is supposed to work, how it's supposed to be put together, how much weight it can hold, you know, the things that will break it, the things that will sustain it. That manufacturer knows all of it. Well, God created us and he knows every part. And friends, he is deeply concerned about, yes, your weight loss journey. He's deeply concerned about your health journey. He's deeply concerned about your wellness journey and all three parts of it. And so I had to reflect on the condition of my relationship with my creator and truly be honest about it. Getting past all the churchy fluff. You know how we get into this churchanese, I call it, over-spiritualizing everything. And just be honest, right? Because yes, God can do anything, But he's not going to do the part that we have to do. He's not going to come and magically melt away all of the pounds. He's not going to force us to get into a routine. But he will partner with us. And the truth, my friends, was that I did not know him like I thought I did. I did not have a real relationship with him, which meant I just did not trust him. I did not really see him as someone who could help me with my wellness journey with my health issues. And this is where I had to start. Second, accepting that God made my body the way he did. And guess what? It's good. Every single part of this five foot frame is good. No, it doesn't look like, nor does it function like others. And hey, guess what? And it shouldn't. It functions and looks the way God intended it to. And let me remind you, it is good. I only have one body and I have to be remembered to be a great steward of this one body that I have. I'm not going to get another one. No matter how hard I pray, no matter how hard we hope, I'm not going to get another body. This is it, my friends. That means really taking care of it, not living in one extreme 
or the other, not overtaxing ourselves with all kinds of routines and diets that are not sustainable, and then not just deciding in our hearts that we're not going to do anything at all. Finding and striking that balance in the middle. And then the third part is our mind. Our mind is interchangeable with our heart. And you all know I'm a huge fan of heart work. How have I been able to sustain my weight loss over the past almost 15 years? I credit my willingness to do the heart work day in and day out. In episode three, I talk more about this process of doing the heart work at the beginning of my journey. The thing is, friends, it didn't stop there. And it's not going to stop there. This is a daily process. I'm reminded of Paul, as he said in the scriptures, I die daily, right? Not a physical death, but a death to the way I used to think, a death to the way I want my life to be. And I surrender that to God. And so part of that wellness journey is surrendering our mind, surrendering our heart to God, right? And realizing, I had to realize and be aware that I have to do this hard work consistently, constantly, every day. It's not a one and done thing. I don't do the work and then it's over. It's a constant, uh, as I pray and I'm discerning, God shows me in my spirit the things that are bubbling up in my heart that maybe I've compacted over the years and, and even ignored and not realized that they're there, that I'm dealing with those things as they're coming up. And then I have to realize that I am a recovering emotional eater. That's me, right? A recovering food addict. One tough season in my life can spin my eating out of control. I have to keep asking myself why I eat what I eat and where the drive is coming from to eat. Am I trying to cover up or numb a feeling or avoid dealing with a situation? Again, it's a daily surrendering of that thing to God. Am I feeling stressed? Am I feeling pinched in an area? Am I hurt or disappointed? And is that what's driving me to eat? Friends, just because I lost the weight doesn't mean that those drives and those feelings don't constantly come back to my head because they do. They come back to my head and my heart and daily I have to surrender those things to God. And when I'm in a very tough season, sometimes I feel like it's a minute by minute surrendering to him. So what are some of the very practical things I've done in order to sustain my weight loss? First, let me make clear that the tips I'm going to share are not hard and fast, right? What I mean by that is these are things that have worked for me, but a part of the wellness journey is recognizing that it's important for you to find what works for you and then live in that journey in that there is no one way solution. And I would really shy away from friends, anything that claims to be the way as far as wellness, right? That you only can do this because all of us are different and we're in different seasons of our life. And sometimes what we could do 10 years ago, we can't do now what we could do last year. We're going to have to change up a bit right? We got to be adaptable and flexible, but same goal of being well, mind, body, and spirit. 
So ask yourself, what does sustainable look like for me in my life and again in this current season? Also realizing and being okay with the fact that sustainable looks different in every facet of our lives. Being willing, again, to be flexible and adaptable and change as the seasons of our lives shift and change. Megan Snyder, in the last episode last week, talked about this. We have to be oh so careful that we don't hang on to our routines so tight that when life happens, we unravel. I mean, didn't 2020 teach us that, friends, with gyms shutting down, with us not being able to go back into our groups and maybe our, uh, you know, our exercise groups like we did before? And we had to find a different way. This is why regular motive checks are so crucial. So here are some practical tips. And I'm going to break them down into a a few different categories. First, starting with our mind. I have to have quiet time every day. That is a non-negotiable, right? For me, again, I am a recovering emotional eater, food addict. If I don't get time to level my thoughts, to surrender them to God, and to gain, gain gain clarity, And set my day, my emotions will get the best of me, which always leads me to falling back into old eating patterns. I have to monitor my thoughts. Stay in the word of God. And friends, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this, but there is truth in keeping the word of God hidden in our hearts. It's what frees us. It's what enables us to battle those lies that come to our head and tell us that we cannot do and be who God has called us to be, that we have to quit our wellness journey, that because we ate the donut or we didn't exercise today or we ate one too many plates or whatever the case may be, that we should quit, that we should stop, that we shouldn't even try anymore. Those are lies. And if we don't have the word of God deep on the inside of our heart, it is very difficult to combat those lies on our own. And so here are some eating tips. Educate, educate, educate. No more mindless eating. Make sure we are fully aware of what we are eating and how much we're eating. So reading the back of food packages, when we go to restaurants or we do takeout, reading, I know there's some people who say, well, I don't want to see what the calories are. That just depresses me. That just, I don't even want to look at that. And I'm not saying be obsessed about it, but we have to be aware of what we're putting in our bodies, how much of it we're putting in there, and also recognizing the impacts of that. So educating ourselves, being aware of triggers and limitations. I have to be aware of triggers and limitations. So what certain foods are there that I can't keep in my house? There are certain things I'm just not going to keep in here. Honey buns, mm-mm, right? Nutty buddies, no, no, no. Um, lots of Snickers bars and Reese's, no, I'm not keeping them in my house. To this day, I'm not gonna do that. Why? Because if they're in here, I'm going to eat them. Instead, I have a rule of one and done, right? If I want it, I go and I buy it and I eat it. I don't restrict myself so hard and tight And tell myself I cannot have it because that's another way to go off the deep end. I go, I eat it, I'm done with it, it's not in my house, and it's over, right? Also realizing that when I'm stressed, 
right? This is a limitation or a trigger here. When I'm stressed, the first thing my mind goes to is eating. So I've had to replace that with running. Now you may say, well, I'm not a runner. Well, I wasn't a runner either at one time. But for me, it's been the thing that I've been able to replace. When I'm having a stressful day, I stop in the middle of my day and I go in and do a run, unless it's you know 110 degrees in Florida, which sometimes it is. But when the weather is doable, I stop and I do a run. Sometimes I walk. I'll pace back and forth in the house. Anything to keep me from going back into old patterns. I eat at home 90% of the time. At home, I can control how the food is prepared, um, you know, how much salt, all of those different things are in there. And I can control that better than if I'm eating on the outside. When I do go out to eat, I try to share a meal or cut my meals in half and eat half there and half when I get home later on in the day or I give away half of it. Water is my drink of choice. 95% of the time. And I think you all have heard me preach this over and over and I'm continuing to preach it. Water is like a, if you want a magic pill, if there's such a thing, water is it. There are so many good properties in water. There's so many good things that if, you know, if you're uh, frustrated with losing the weight and you're wondering why your skin is looking the way it does, even if you have foggy brain or, or aches and pains in places where you just can't shake it off, water might be part of the issue or your lack of water might be part of the issue. I try to make sure that I eat all that I'm going to eat by 7 p.m. each night. I avoid late night snacking. I was a huge late night snacker in the past and I really try to avoid all of that. When I'm eating and sitting at a table, I eat one helping. Again, going back to the one and done rule, right? I don't starve myself, I eat three meals and two snacks. And I know there's a couple schools of thoughts out there with fasting and versus eating small meals throughout the day. I would say, friends, do your research. Again, there's no hard and fast rule here. Some people find it very successful to do um, some intermittent fasting. Other people like to eat first thing in the morning and do small meals throughout the day. Our bodies are different and they shift, especially as we get older. Well, let me scratch that. We don't get old. We become seasoned. So as we become seasoned, our bodies shift and change. So maybe what we could do a few years ago, we got to shift and change and do something differently. Okay. So rest is also a non-negotiable. Studies have shown that we are more likely to binge eat when we are tired. So here are some exercise tips. Listen, I've tried it all. I had to find out what works for me. Again, running, walking, and light weightlifting works for me. I've tried all of the hardcore things, and I'm not going to name them because I don't want to discourage anyone because if that's your jam, it's your jam. But I've done it all. But what works for Tosh is running, walking, and light weightlifting. I move my body six out of seven days a week, and I keep it, again, simple, 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 simple. Going back to that word sustainable, right? I keep it simple. I plug it into my calendar and it's a non-negotiable. So whether you use Google, iCalendar, whatever it is, plug it into your calendar so you know, so everyone knows this is the time that 
I work out and I hold that time sacred. For me, it is early in the morning because I am an early bird and because I do have kids and job gets busy sometimes and life just happens. When I put it at the top of the day, I know it's going to happen definitely versus if I put it at the bottom of the day, all kinds of things can come and try to overtake it. But again, do what works for you. Also, lastly, in exercising, I'm a visual, I'm visually motivated. So yes, friends, I've bought into the Apple Watch um, before I had a Fitbit. Some people use Garmin. There's all kinds of things out there to track your progress. I would highly encourage you to either download an app on your phone. If you take that with you when you exercise, get some type of fit tracker. They have them as cheap as like 30, 40, 50 bucks on Amazon. Um, Or you can buy the higher models uh, like the Apple Watch or the Fitbits, etc. Whatever is going to motivate you and help you track what you're doing. It seems silly, but sometimes we do need that outward motivation. And I love the encouragement that the Apple Watch gives me. Last but not least, you wanna surround yourself around people who are encouraging you in your wellness journey. I cannot stress enough how key this is. You can't be on a lonely island doing this all on your own. You need to make it a wellness family and friends affair. Again, because it's it's hard to sustain that on your own. My husband and I do what we call date walks, where we catch up on all the things, you know, the business side of being married and parenting, as well as sharing our hopes and dreams, encouraging one another, you know, speaking about scripture, all those things while we take a nice long walk. My girlfriends and I do what we call a sister friend walk where we catch up, we laugh, we cry, um, and we pray over each other at the end of our walk. The thing I want to leave with you is that we have to shift our thinking from wellness being a temporary thing, something that you just need to accomplish in the first quarter of the year and then you don't have to think about it ever again. We have to scratch that thought right? To wellness being a journey, a lifelong journey. And it's something that we will have to continue to pursue and walk down as long as we are on this earth. And once I switched my mind over to that, that made all the difference in the world. And thinking about what I get to do with my body, that yes, sometimes I don't feel like working out. I don't feel like eating the right things. I don't feel like taking care of my mind and making sure that God's word is hidden in my heart and I have that quiet time. I just don't feel like it, knowing that those are things that I need to do that are going to keep me in line my mind, body, and soul, that all three parts need to be in alignment in order for me to really be well. And the goal, friends, is not just to lose the weight. It's not just to start exercising in a certain way, which all those things are great, but it really is about being well so that we can live a free life and fully be ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. So as we wrap up this mini series on wellness and being fit for our call, I want to leave you with some homework or heart work. So in your quiet time this week, I want you to journal. Remember the power of journaling. And if you, this is your first episode listening to me 
And as you go back and listen to other episodes, you'll hear that I am a huge believer in journaling and the power of journaling. I want you to journal on these questions and I'm gonna put these in the show notes. So if you don't have a chance to write these down right now, you can check out my show notes and they'll be in there. What does sustainable wellness look like for you in the season you are in right now? Not what your neighbor's doing, not what others are recommending, but what does sustainable wellness look like for you right now in this season? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to take on? Have you invited God into your wellness journey? And if you haven't, I want to encourage you to do that now. I have a simple prayer for you that you can pray that has helped me. And it says, God, I am inviting you into my wellness journey. I have tried to do it all on my own and I have not been successful. I need you to help guide and lead me on the path that is right for me. Help me to accept my body as you have wonderfully created it. And I want to experience wellness in every part of my life, body, mind, and spirit. I'll put that prayer also in the show notes. Friends, when I shifted my perspective, as I said before about wellness and invited God into my journey, everything changed. I had zero willpower before. Now with the help of his spirit, I am able to walk this wellness journey with confidence. I am far from perfect, And I have challenging days and seasons, but it's all a part of the journey. My encouragement to you is to keep moving forward. Don't stop and plant yourself right where you are. Keep forward momentum. Listen, one donut, one croissant, a couple of days of not exercising is not a reason to throw it all in the trash. Keep going keep going, keep going, friends. Hey, I'd love to connect with you and know how your journey is going. Why don't you email me at Latasha at LatashaFerguson.com or DM me on Instagram. I'd love to connect with you. Thank you for joining me today. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. See you next week, friends.